0: give everybody out there listening a very warm white cat welcome, because you're tuned in to the White Cat Outdoors podcast. What's going on, everybody? This is episode 51 of the White Cat Outdoors podcast, and Nick and Tom are both here.
1: Hey, what's going on,
2: everybody? Hey, everybody.
0: And we got another deer camp series coming at you, but this one's going to be a little bit different, because... We've always been talking about, you know, big bucks or me and Tom killing does or whatever it right. may have been. killing big bucks. Yeah. Well, other people killing big bucks too. But uh, this one kind of involves a kill, but we're going to kind of put a different spin on it and... Uh,
1: it does involve a kill. It's yeah. I mean, straight up, it does, but it's not going to turn out the way you think it does, basically. Yeah,
0: it's just one of those things that just happens sometimes, you know, and felt it should be addressed. Yeah. There's a lot,
1: there was a lot to learn from this.
0: Yeah, definitely. So we definitely felt we, that we should talk about it, even though it's not something that most people like talking about. And, you know, you get back to camp and you hit a deer, you know, it's, it's one of those things that it gets it, talked about. You yeah. Know, but it's not something that you usually hear people talk about on podcasts. So we kind of want to address a few things that we've been talking about since this happened and go from there.
1: Yeah. Basically, like Frank said, you know, a lot of podcasts are afraid to talk about um, something like this, but like, you know, we're, this is, we're bringing you to the table while we talk about the outdoors and this is what we're talking about. So join
0: us. Yeah. Learn something. And Nick is finally the subject of the deer camp series. It's unfortunate that it does not involve a big buck, but since it's his story, we'll let him tell it.
1: Yes. So, um, like Frank said, this one involves me and I pulled the trigger with be last Saturday. Um, opening day of doe season here in. Uh, PA. Uh, I had my lovely hunting partner, uh, Kayla,
2: with me. and no, he's never called me his lovely hunting partner. That's
0: weird, me either.
2: No. I spent a lot more time hunting with him than Kayla has, too.
1: Yeah. <laughs> You've got more time, but she's lovely in the stand. so... Anyway. Anyways, um, about early on, right at first light, a uh, couple fawn came through. Um, let them walk, you know, just kind of enjoyed them. Kayla was excited to see them. Um, and then about... Oh, I don't know about 8:30, maybe, um, group of three dough, three, two really nice sized dough. And then the other one was not quite as nice, but definitely not a fawn either. Just kind of a small group of dough,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, came through Kayla actually spotted them, um, when they were about probably 160 yards away, just kind of busting through brush. At this point, we didn't even know that they were does. Mm-hmm. Um, once I, they got into an opening at about 110, um, well, not really an opening, but enough to where I could see what they were. Yeah. Um, told Kayla, um, that the one in the back was the biggest one. And I'm going to take a shot at that if it gives me a a opportunity. So she got ready. She plugged her ears, but she was watching for me. Um, the doe stepped out into a clearing at about 75 yards. Uh, I stopped it and it took a few extra steps before it, you know, planted. Mm -hmm. And basically it put its head and neck behind a tree um, and then I could see like a slight sliver of light between its leg and the tree. So like I basically, you could see from the front shoulder back. Mm-hmm. Um, so I put it right on the crease and slowly pulled the trigger. Um, Kayla and I both watched the deer flinch and take off. Um, they ducked into some brush and that was at the end of that. So, you know, we just kind of sat, let everything calm down and climb down to kind of assess the situation, you know, um, we got up to where I figured I had shot, like where the deer was standing when I shot, and there was immediate blood, and there was a lot of it. Um, so I told Kayle, you know, this is a good sign. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna track it. You know, I mean, it's mm-hmm. there was a lot Didn't of blood. Didn't feel the need to let it go. No, there was a. I mean, it was a rifle. There was a lot of blood. Um, it was spraying out. It was you know over a foot past where its tracks were on the opposite side of where I shot from. So on mm-hmm. the exit side, blood was. I mean, clearly sprayed from that side. Yeah. I felt very confident about that and we decided to track on so I got Kayla with me we're walking I'm trying to kind of explain to her because um, she, she's hunted a little bit with her dad but pretty inexperienced so I wanted to you know kind of explain what we were doing and why we were doing it um walking through you know there was some good blood we were finding coagulated blood um it was like coming out the exit side you know I'm like this is all good sign and um we got up to the property line where you know our neighbor's property starts and you know, told Kayla, you know, at this point we got to back out. It's early in the morning. Um, I don't have permission right now from this guy to advance into his woods. You know, it's opening day of Doe. I figured he'd be over there.
0: Yeah, um, you don't. Even if you had permission, you don't want to run right over there first thing in the morning. Yeah. primetime morning hunt.
1: So um, I, we backed out. Kayla had to work um, this after that afternoon anyway, so it just worked out good. We marked where we were at um, and backed out got her home and everything and then you know explained to Tom what had happened you know gave him the same scenario and we determined that we would just let it go for the day and then like towards the end of the day like afternoon we'll go back in we'll try and get some permission um, from the owner of the property and go from there because you know we in Pennsylvania you have to have permission yeah um, to track a wounded deer certain states you don't um, but PA you do so we went back in about 340 or so um, Got permission from the guy to advance. He said, you know, if you guys ever hit a deer and it crosses proper line, by all means, take Go off. get it. Yeah. And we, you know, told him the same. Like he said, this is a new farm, so we don't really know the um, the, the neighbors. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, we told him the same deal. Like if you hit one, it crosses the line. He's not very far off the line, and neither was I. So mm-hmm. it just, it, you know, whatever. Um, me and Tom tracked. We still had good blood. We didn't have any trouble tracking blood whatsoever. Um and then, so we continued on and got to an area um, that was uh, probably about, what do you say, 25 yards by 25 yards? What area are we talking The, the area about? where, like, the deer started, you know, oh, doing yeah. some circles yeah. and stuff. yeah, About 25 yards by 25 yards, there was just a whole Look, mess of... checkerboard of yeah. zigzagging. So at this point, I knew that she was... She was getting loopy. She was getting real loopy um Shortly beyond that, um it, and because of the nature of where this was all at, and zigzags, I don't know if the bed was before or after, um but right in close proximity, there was a bed with a lot of blood up towards the front of, like, I, I don't, the, the blood wasn't like in the center of the bed; it was up in the front, yeah. like, I don't, I don't know, like, would be bleeding out of the r- around the area. shoulder area, yeah. Um, so we're like, okay, you know, this, she can't be far. You know, there's blood all over the place over here. She's bet, she betted once. Like, she's got to be close. Um, and at this point, um, like I said earlier, there was two doe, or three doe coming through together. We saw two doe jump up. Um, so, okay, or now we're like, I'm pretty certain
0: she's going to be laying yeah, right gotta up there. She's got to be up
1: there somewhere. Uh, we continued up and came across a gut pile that was right in line with, like, it was, yeah she blood trail will. to gut pile um kind of a heart drop
2: moment kind of bittersweet though yeah
1: um and this is one of the things we're going to talk about um and some other things like i said but initial thought you know all day i'm sitting there wondering myself where this deer's at because i i shot at a deer i knew it was hit and i'm just i wanted to find it mm-hmm. um finding the gut pile was like i said it it's Heart disheartening. It's disheartening. First. Yeah, because I wanted that deer. I shot it. There was mm-hmm. a, like I pulled the trigger because I wanted that deer. Yeah. Um. But at the same time,
0: it didn't go. It, to it waste. didn't
1: go to waste. Somebody got it. Like it was the same day, so I know that that meat was plenty good. It was. Yeah. It was cold. Um. So there was no issue with that. Um. Mm-hmm. I've had some people say that it was extremely unsportsmanlike, but we'll. You know, we're going to talk about that. Um. Another thing I jumped over. Um. Earlier was. Um, the owner was out hunting when I shot my deer, uh, the property owner that was, that the deer came through. Um, he actually watched the deer run through and said that it was limping hard on the shoulder. So that was another thing, like I said, we'll talk about. Um, but that, I mean, that's my story, like just laid mm-hmm. out, um, on a timeline. And then I guess we will, um, I don't know. The first thing I guess to talk about would be, um, gaining access for property and stuff. Like if you've got a deer that crosses, like use, you know, your either go knock on
0: doors, figure out. Almost off. everybody has Onyx anymore. So. Yeah. Onyx is definitely like a, the yeah. easiest
1: way. That's what I did was yeah. um, looked on Onyx and saw, okay, this is where the line's at. This, this is, is, the, property is the property owner. This is the property owner. And he knew our family. So it was pretty easy going. Yeah. Know? Um, we live like the farms in the middle of ag country there's mm-hmm. farm fields everywhere and stuff so everybody's pretty good yeah um good-hearted and want you to get your deer as much as the next yeah there's day.
0: very few people out there that are like that that won't let you come onto their property there's a, you know around where we live i know there's other places where i've hunted out west on public um i didn't wound a deer but somebody that i was with hit one and it ran onto some private property and we could see the owner you know he was not far on off of the public on his property. And, you know, we saw him and like waved him over and said, Hey, we got this deer hit, you know, can we pursue it on your property? He said, absolutely not. Get the hell out of here. You're not allowed anywhere near my property. So I've never seen anyone act like that around here where we're mm-hmm. at, but it is something that happens some places and it could happen here. It's just depends on the person that yeah. they don't want you on your property. But, like I said, for the most part, I've never run into very many people that say I'd rather see the deer go to waste than you come onto my property to get it.
1: Yeah. So, like I said, if you, if you have a deer that crosses property lines, gain permission to go and look at it. I mean, even if it's um,
0: somebody like that you've talked to in the past and asked if you could hunt their property, and they say no, you can't hunt it still go ask them and say, Hey, I, I hit got a deer yeah.
1: across the line. Like, and even offer for them to come with you yeah. or something like, you know, it
2: wait till after dark. To yeah. Whatever. You home. know, you're that
1: yeah. the guy that, um, owned the pro he was fine with us going right through. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, you're, a, it's their property. Try and be as respectful m- yeah, as possible. Meet their requests. Um, but if you're polite, respectful, I would imagine most people yeah, most out there the will allow you to go and look. Yeah. Um, the second thing I want to talk, about, excuse me. The second thing I want to talk about is uh, something I'm going to turn it over to Frank here, um, but the legality behind shooting a wounded deer. Um,
0: yeah, because you said yeah. that the deer yeah. you hit ran by. Yeah, someone. ran
1: by a hunter that you know saw it with the other two doe, f- clearly wounded, favoring the shoulder, um, could like just. He knew it was wounded. You know, he had heard a shot not far off the line. Mm -hmm. Deer came through, um, and I just wanted— Frank looked it up before the podcast and stuff, so I want to have him talk about what you can and can't do if you see a wounded deer coming through your area.
0: Yeah, we were talking about it right after it happened. We were, you know, getting dinner and just talking about what exactly happened with the whole story, and we were going back and forth talking about it because when you see a wounded deer— we were like, well, are you allowed to put it out of its misery if you don't want it? Because if you hit one with your car and it's still alive, you're not allowed to dispatch the deer. You have to call the game commission, then they will come out and do it. So we were, you know, just, just wanted to know what was legal and what wasn't. And basically what it boils down to is you have to be able to tag the deer. Like if you see this deer come and you're like, oh, that's a wounded deer. The hunter should be coming along that hit it. I'm going to put it down right now. And then when that hunter comes along, he can take it or, you know, go from there. You can talk to him and see what you guys want to do. But clearly the guy that your deer passed didn't want the deer. He saw yeah, the deer. Yeah, I don't,
1: I don't know if he had a tag or not. I didn't ask why he didn't shoot. It yeah, even just, if he did have he,
0: a tag, if it just wasn't a deer that he wanted to shoot, he didn't yeah. want to have to put his tag on it.
1: Yeah, I don't Yeah, I don't know if he had a tag or not. It was yeah. just, he saw it. He told me it looked wounded. It went that way. It walked the entire time. So yeah. it stopped several times, and it walked the whole way. Mm-hmm. Um, so...
0: so yeah, was, the, le- the legality is that guy has to have a tag to tag that deer. If he puts it out of its misery, and then Nick never comes along you know, after he shot that deer, he has to be able to tag the deer. And I don't know. I didn't look this far into it, but... Say that guy doesn't want the deer. It's something that he doesn't want. He was just putting it out of its misery for you to come along. Uh-huh. Then I don't know if you can then call the game commission and say, "Hey, I put this deer out of its misery, but I don't want it. Can you guys come get it, and then you would retain your tag?" I don't know how that end of it would uh, I, work.
1: I don't either. um I would imagine it would probably like if it, if it's clearly wounded. I feel like they would, yeah, know, give you some leniency, it, and or maybe you know, donate it. Um, there's, I know, in, especially in Pennsylvania, there's, I can't remember the name of the organization. There's programs but for there's donating. Progr- yeah, there's yeah. program, And my guess is that's what would happen to it. Yeah. Um, but like you said, I don't want to speculate too much on it because no, we don't either. know the legality and we aren't game wardens. So you can't, yeah. don't take any of our stuff as legal advice. <laughs> um, and then, uh, I guess that pretty much sums up that legality end of it. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I want to talk about. There's two other things. One is per, being persistent, um, and then the uh, kind of our opinions on tagging that deer. I guess if you're not yeah. the one that shot it, mm-hmm. um, and we'll start with um, what was my first point. Being persistent. Yeah, being I'm persistent. Tracking, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't like for us. You know, I, like I said, I there was good blood. We got to a property line. and We kept going. Like. There was constant blood the entire time. Like there was you could always see blood. It was spraying out. Like there was a, there was a lot of blood. I was shocked. Yeah. Um every time especially early on where it stopped, there was like melted snow right to
0: clearly it was bleeding a lot.
1: Yeah. Um I took some pictures of it just I was showing Tom, you know, just trying to give him play by play as we tracked. Um but um yeah, so I mean just stay persistent on tracking a deer. Like if you've got you if you got in, blood, you keep got, going. Yeah, if you got any indication that it's wounded, like you said, if you're following blood, do not stop until the blood runs out or there's a dead deer. Yeah. Um, I just, I, if you can gain permission, keep going and just stay
0: Yeah, do every. Yeah, just do everything yeah, in your power you to, to get need, that like, deer.
1: For me, like, I just, I need to rest assured knowing I did everything I can. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and yeah, to make it. sure that deer doesn't go to waste. Um,
1: yeah, exactly. And then, like, the last thing, I just kind of want to get everybody's opinion and everybody that listens can make their own opinion on tagging a wounded deer. Um, or, I mean, or I, I honestly don't know what happened, if they shot it again, um, or if they found it dead and tagged. I, re- I don't know the answer to that. Yeah. Um, but I guess in my sense, like I said, I shot it in the morning. We didn't come back through until about 4. four. And by that time, I mean, there had been 8 hours yeah in between um i don't personally see anything wrong with tagging that animal um for somebody else i it's it does it was disheartening like i said at first um to that blood trail end at a gut pile i would like it to end up on a at a doe that i could take home and enjoy Mm -hmm. um but i'm not upset at whoever took it like that's you know what they can feed their family with it do what they want um for all I know that, that was a ten year old's first deer. Yeah. And I am totally cool with that. Mm-hmm. I, I will never know the answer to what went down there, but I don't care either. Like mm-hmm. the deer I know did not go to waste. Yeah. It, it died that day, somebody cleaned it up, took it out of there. Yeah. Um and I, I have no ill feelings about that whatsoever.
0: No, I feel the same way. It's like if it were me in the woods and I see a wounded deer come running up and I shoot it and put it down, like I see that it's wounded, so If someone else hit it, I'm going to sit here and wait. I'm not going to put my tag on it if somebody else is expecting to find this deer.
2: I mean, if there's snow, it really wouldn't be hard to Mm -hmm. backtrack to uh, where the deer came from.
0: Yeah. So right away, I'm not going to tag the deer. And then, you know, someone come walking up a couple minutes later. Oh, that's my deer. I'll sit there and wait. And I'll give you plenty of time to come up and say, hey, your deer's right there. But like you said, in your case, eight hours had passed since you shot someone it, could have sat there and waited for a couple hours yeah, for they, you to show could have,
1: up it could have been 20 minutes i don't know yeah but all i know is from the time i shot to the time i got to a gut pile was eight hours
0: yeah so um, there's a lot that could have happened in that time frame where i kind of get a little off of that train of thought is like if somebody were to just be wandering along and find this deer at that point i probably would not tag it i would get a hold of some people that I know in, that hunt around like the area said, or track, neighbors.
1: track the blood trail. This is yeah, and fresh snow. snow. Yeah. Um, you could easily just track it back.
0: Yeah, but if I didn't shoot the thing, I probably wouldn't tag it unless I knew it just died, because I wouldn't want to, even though it's really cold, it wouldn't go bad, but...
1: It's just not worth taking a chance. Yeah, if
0: it's been dead for two days, which you would be able to tell, but if I didn't shoot it, I probably wouldn't tag it. I would... Gotcha. Try to figure out who it was that shot it, but I probably wouldn't be putting my tag on it. If I put the thing down and nobody came along to tag it, then I would tag it. And I don't see the problem with that. I think that's more sportsmanlike than leaving it <laughs> yeah, lay there. The because thing. some people say, Oh, that's not sportsmanlike to take someone's deer. Well I'm not taking someone else's deer. You know, I'm trying to give them an opportunity to come get it, but I'm not just going to leave it there. You'd rather know somebody used it. Yeah, exactly.
1: Because like you, okay, so you go back the next day or the day after and it's still there. Now you're kind of risking, is it any good? Yeah, you're wasting
0: it at that point.
1: Yeah. So like I said, I have no ill feelings on doing that. Um, Now I would if... I walked up and it was on my property. That's a whole different story. Yeah. If I'm hunting private property and I walk up to a gut pile on my own property, I'm gonna be extremely upset because somebody trespassed to take it. Yeah. Um, but being that I was on somebody else's property that I had permission to go to, I don't know who else had permission to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, all is I had permission to track. Um, it's not it's no longer it's not like it wasn't on my property anymore. I was yeah, it's out was, of your hands yeah. for the most part um, at that point. For all I know, the guy that saw it. You know, could I? I don't know. Yeah. Like, there's really, I don't know. Um, but like I said, bottom line is I don't have any ill feelings whatsoever. On yeah. How it was handled by whoever. Yeah. Um, Tom, how do you feel about? No,
2: I I couldn't agree more with you know what Frank had to say. I mean, I'm pretty much do the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. Just try and figure out you know whose deer it is before I would never let it go to waste. Um, but before you know, I claim it as mine. I would. Make sure that the to, first person had all yeah. the opportunities. I hope the same thing, or how do I want to word this? Someone else would do the same thing for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah, my dad actually had a, he told me a story a while ago. This was a long time ago. He shot, this was back before antler restrictions. Uh, he shot this little buck and just, just like, it was, he tracked it like 100 yards. He said, like, he hit it good. It didn't go hardly anywhere. But he shot, and like five seconds later, he heard another shot. And he's like, "Uh uh-oh, I guess I better get over there. So he climbed down and was, you know, following a highway of blood. You know, it was clearly...
1: Tom Tom and I have done that with him.
0: Yeah, and he gets over there, and a dad and a little kid were up at the deer. And my dad's like, I don't even know if the little kid hit it, but I just saw them and just was like, yep, congratulations, and turned around and walked away because he saw how happy the kid was. So it's not really the same thing, but... it." It involves two people shooting one deer, so there's there's just a lot of different things that can happen.
1: It's it's so situational, yeah. On what could go down in that time frame. I yeah. Know Tom hit a nice buck, um, close to a property line. This is years ago. Um, I was like twelve or thirteen. I think fourteen. You can New York hunt. So yeah, you, I rifle. mean, you're talking so. nine years ago. Um, Tom hit a really nice buck close to a property line. He with his rifle, it took off. Heard gunshots right over the property line right away. Same thing, we're like, we better get moving. So I met up with Tom, um, went over there, and the guy was like, oh no, those shots came from over there. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like, all right. So that was a a third
2: way it was handled. Yeah, you just never
0: know Um, what can happen. We never never found that
2: deer. I'm 100% positive that those shots did not come from (laughs) anywhere but where that guy was standing. Yeah. And yeah, he. Yeah, we were not given permission to go look. And like I said,
1: it was. It was only
2: 60, 70 yards to. Mm-hmm. Where
1: the guy was at, so I mean, there's different ways to handle it all were legal it's just yeah, unfortunate in some ways, but um yeah that's uh even though i didn't uh especially because we didn't get to enjoy eating that deer, it has made me a little bit hungry
0: yeah um, i could I could probably get down on a on a little smoke break because we we hinted at it last last week um, Nick tried to I tried get... tried to spoiler alert yeah, he did, but since. He didn't because I made him stop. I'm gonna give you guys. I told you last week that I canned most of my deer, and I know a lot Mama of Mama Frank's
1: famous canned venison.
0: Yeah. So I know a lot of people don't can deer. Like when I was talking about, a lot of people were like, "Oh, I didn't even know that's something have a that can
1: deer." Attitude. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. So clever.
0: So okay, here's what I do. You take your mason jars, fill them with your meat. I just cube Chunked it up. Meat. Yeah, I just chunk up. You know, any part of the deer. I, I did almost my entire Mostly deer. Mostly tenderloins and backstrap. Yeah. <laughs> None of those things. But the front shoulders and the hind quarters, I just chunked everything up into little cubes and then fill your jars up. Most of the way, you know, you don't want to get them completely packed full, but fill them most of the way. Lightly
1: fill, you know, just drop them in there.
0: Yeah. There. And then if I take a teaspoon, not a tablespoon, a teaspoon of salt dump that into the can or the each jar into the jar yeah each jar gets a teaspoon of salt and then fill it just below the rim you know so there's enough room for the water to expand um fill it with water and then put your uh ring and lid on and then put it in the pressure cooker
1: do you uh i'm, I'm not a master with canning do you loosely put the lid on yeah
0: the, you put it on loose at first and then after you pull it out later you Okay, that's what I
1: thought. I just wanted to make sure if somebody's new for canning that they had that. Yeah, you just kind
0: of screw it on. God help you
1: if you're going to use this podcast as your only instruction on canning. (laughs) Yeah. But (laughs) but yeah.
0: Yeah, just screw it on lightly, put it in the pressure cooker, and then once I put it on 10 pounds, so I I have a little weight on mine. There's a lot of different kinds of pressure cookers, but there's a weight on top of mine, and I set it to 10 pounds, and then once the weight starts to rattle and it, you know the pressure's built up inside let it rattle for 90 minutes and then shut the heat off after 90 minutes and then just let it cool on its own don't open it right away just let it sit and let the pressure fall on its own and it usually takes about an hour and then take the lid off the pressure cooker and you're good to go that's can that's you
2: put problem. more than one jar in the yeah, pressure my cooker? pressure
0: cooker will hold seven jars okay but, yeah, that would depend on your pressure yeah. cooker.
2: I just didn't know if it was a one-at-a-time. Yeah. No. Size so yeah. yeah, of pressure cooker.
0: Yeah, you just fill okay. the pressure you can, cooker. Okay, I just didn't know. Do you put any... Oh, I, I, I might I, have missed
1: it. Do you put water in the pressure cooker? Yeah,
0: you put a little bit of water in the bottom of the pressure cooker just so there's something to boil and build pressure. Okay, I mean, We're so... An inch
1: on the bottom? inch or two?
0: Yeah, because, like, mine has a little, like, grate in the bottom, so the jar sit on top of that, and then I just fill it, like, to the grate. Oh, okay. So, yeah, that is the recipe for some canned deer meat, I would definitely recommend it. It's super easy for a meal. You know, you can come home from work if you don't feel like cooking anything. And if it's,
1: you're short on freezer space, which yeah. a lot of people fill their freezer with meat. Yeah. It's another way to store it long-term. Yeah, so you don't have and to freeze can't it. And get freezer burnt.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. And it's just a super easy meal whenever you want it. So Puerto definitely, Riddles, I definitely. would definitely, if out of all of the smoke breaks that we've ever done, I would say get after this one because it's definitely something you want to do.
1: Easy to do. Well, somebody in your family probably has a pressure cooker. Yeah. Grandma and grandpa loved canning. They probably have a pressure cooker. Yeah. So, in typical fashion, we finished up our podcast with a, a smoke break. Yeah. Uh, we got to maybe practice on putting that more in the middle.
0: Yeah, we um, used to put it in the middle, but the yeah. past two have but, been well, deer the deer camp end.
1: series are a lot shorter, so it's yeah. tough to really break them up. And yeah. And you know, sometimes you just don't want to cut the conversation in half. You just got to yeah. throw it in there. Exactly. Um, you know, back when I used to chew, I used to throw a chew in after dinner. So, sometimes have a smoke break after... After the podcast. Yeah. You know, just a quick one to relieve the pressure. Exactly. Um, on your pressure cooker. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> uh, anyways, deer season's not over yet, folks. Uh, we still got another week of r- rifle hunting, and then we got muzzleloader after Christmas. So... Want you guys join us by getting outside?